Our scripture lesson, our scripture verse today is a short one. It's from John, verse 14, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John, man, and Dan, have y'all, did y'all ever work on a sermon for about eight or ten days and God tell you that's not exactly what he had in mind? <laughs> I, I, I did that and I worked on this and my wife asked me, well, what are you talking about? How's it going? And I said, it's a work in progress. I, I don't know. And Saturday morning, that was yesterday when I was brushing my teeth, God says, this is the way I want you to do it. And that's why I'm dressed up like this. Uh, I had to get out of my comfort zone, Nancy, to do this. I, I did, uh, Nancy came up here with reindeer ears on the other day. And, uh, but if you've uh, noticed on the, on the media or the TV, the Olympics have started. In Tokyo Olympics. Well, I want to tell you a story about the 1924 Olympics, which were held in Paris, France. In the 1980s, a movie came out named Chariots of Fire. In the opening scene, there was an older man and a child and a dog, and they were standing on the seashore, and there were a group of runners running in the surf. And they were dressed sort of like this. They didn't have a number on them. And this is the closest I could come to dressing like these guys. They were running in the surf, and the sand and the mud was kicking up behind them, there was about 20 or 30 of them. This movie won four Academy Awards. It won the award for the best screenplay. It won the award for the best music. It won the award for the best costumes. And it won the award for the outstanding picture. Thank you, Shirley. The story was really about two men. One of them was Jim Little, and one of them was Harold Abrams. Harold was a Jew who lived in England, who went to Cambridge University, and wound up winning the gold medal in the 100-meter dash for England. And the other character that I want to focus on was Jim Little. And Jim was from Scotland, but he was actually born in Tristan, China in 1902 to, to missionary parents, James 
and Mary Little, who were from Scotland. And Eric, for the first five years of his life, he lived in China at the missionary school where his parents were working. And he didn't, uh, he loved the Chinese people. And he grew up in a godly home where God was the center of their life. He was blessed to grow up in a godly home. And, you know, the Chinese people, he didn't know they were different from him. He just knew they were good people, and he loved them. But when he was between five and six years old, his parents returned to Scotland for a furlough, which after five years they had needed a vacation. So they got on a ship, and they all came back to Scotland. And this was the first time Eric and his older brother Robert, who was two years older than him, and his younger sister Jennifer had ever been to Scotland. And Eric immediately fell in love with Scotland. He, he, uh, he loved it. He uh, was very thankful to be there. Well, in 1907, when Eric was about five or six years old, his mother and daddy enrolled him and his, other, and his older brother, Robert, in the School of the Sons of Missionaries, right outside of London. And here he was to go to school for seven years. Well, his father returned to China, but his mother just couldn't leave her two young boys there alone right then, and she and Jennifer stayed for another year in a small place close by. But then she returned to China and left Robert and Eric at the school. Well, they liked the school, and they excelled. They were good in academics. Eric was uh, sort of shy, and, uh, but he loved the school, and he loved to study God. And, he, and he, the young boys, they had God as the center of their life. Eric loved mathematics and science and chemistry, but he had something else. He could run. He could run real fast. God gave him the ability to run. And they would, at the school, he would participate in the sporting events, rugby and track. And, but his best thing he could do was just run real fast. Well, he excelled, and he won awards at the school, and he grew. And... Uh, so he went to another school, to, to uh, more like a high school. Well, in 1921, uh, he enrolled in uh, the University of Edinburgh. And he was going to study science and physics. And he didn't really intend to be in athletics. But some members of the athletic team asked him to join them, and he did. And at that field day where they had the whole school together, he just won most every event there. Well, it became apparent that he had potential to even run in the Olympics, which were to be held in Paris in 1924. And he had an opportunity to run in the, uh, what was it called? The, the Stoke on Trent. 
And this was a race between Scotland and England and Ireland to help determine the Olympic team. Well, Eric's best event was the 100-meter dash. Now, if you know, you know, guys, 100 or ladies, in the 100-meter dash, that's about one football field, a little longer. You just run, you take off running, you just run as fast as you can. And that's the way Eric ran. That's, that was his best event. Well, as they started the race, Eric collided with the guy in the next lane, and he fell down. But he didn't stay down. He jumped up, and he just started running as hard as he could. And when he got about to the 40 or 50 meter line, he was catching up. And he just kept running. And he ran as hard as he could. And he had this funny way. He ran funny. He, he didn't really have any training. And when he ran, he really kicked his feet up like this. And they said he, he ran with his arms going like this. Said his arms looked like windmills. And when he got to the finish line, he'd throw his head back. And open his mouth, he'd look up to heaven. He couldn't even see the finish line when he would get to it. But anyway, he kept running, and he's running, and when he gets towards the end of the race, he throws his head back, and he's going, and he wins the race. After falling down, he wins a 100-meter race. Well, the people went crazy. They just, he, was, he, he got the nickname, the Flying Scotsman. That was named after they had a train that was named the, the Flying Scotsman, and people started calling him the Flying Scotsman. And Eric, Eric just, he, he was pretty much amazed all this was happening. Well, uh, a group of young people asked Eric if he would come give a talk about what God meant in his life at a little rally they were having. Eric didn't really want to do that. He did not like to get up and do public speaking. He was a little shy. He was very popular. He liked to tell a good joke. He could tell a story. But he didn't really like to public, do this public speaking, but he agreed to do it. And as soon as he did as soon as he agreed to do it, he just sort of said, I don't want to do that. You know, he started regretting it. Well, the next day, the day before the event, to go speak, he got a... Uh, letter from his sister Jennifer and in it there was a verse of scripture it was in Isaiah and it was Isaiah 41:10. it said fear thou not for I am with thee be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Eric read that, and that gave him the courage and the strength to go talk to this group of people. Well, guess who's this people, these people he goes to talk to? Well, he goes to this little rally, and there's about 80 coal miners there. That was the majority of the people there. It was a little town outside of Edinburgh. Now, the 80 coal miners, they didn't come to hear a sermon. They just wanted to hear what the flying Scotsman had to say. But basically, you know what he said? He said, 
God is my strength and my support. He's the center of my life. And I just use, I just run for God's glory. And I don't question God. I just try to do what he wants me to do. I don't question him. I just accept the results, whatever they are. And that was sort of the, sort of the gist of what Eric had to tell me. Well, this verse gave him the strength to do that. And over the years, he gave many talks, many talks about his faith. Well, we go on a little bit, and we get down to uh, it's almost time for the Olympics. And Eric makes the Olympic team. He, he is going to run, scheduled to run in the 100 meters and the 200 meters. He's going to run against Harold Abrams, who is just to just run like the wind. One of his teammates that would be on the English, on the British team, but also he would be competing with him. And there were two runners from America, Jackson Schultz and Charlie Craddock. And they held the world, one of them held the world's record for the 100 meters, and I think one had it for the 200 meters. So Eric's getting ready to go to the Olympics. And guess what happens? He finds out that the 100-meter qualifying race is going to be on Sunday. And Eric did not believe that Sunday was a day of games. See, he believed that God made the Sabbath and we were to keep it holy and to honor God. And Eric told the officials, I can't run on Sunday. Well, this was not good news for the British team because he was, they thought, probably their fastest runner. But he just, and they, they tried to talk him into it, said it'll be after lunch, you can worship in the morning, but Eric said, no, I won't compete on Sunday. But he could still run in the 200 meters, and they decided to let him run in the 400 meters, which is a race he had never even run, hardly run. But he had a few months, and he started practicing for the 400 meters. Well, we get to the Olympics, and uh, the 100 meters race is held, the heat on Sunday. His friend Harold Abrams qualifies for the finals. He'll be running against Jackson Schultz, and Charlie Craddock from the United States. A day or two before that, a day before that, they run the 200 meters, which Eric runs in, and Saldus of Abrams. Well, Eric finishes third, and Jackson Schultz wins the 100 meter, the 200 meter race, and Charlie Craddock finishes second, and Eric finishes third. He got a medal. <coughs> The 100-meter race is held, and Eric's in the stand watching because he didn't, he's not qualified to run in it. In some miraculous way, Harold Abrams wins that race right at the last second, his friend from England, and wins the first gold medal for Britain. And it was really an upset. Well, then Eric has one more chance. He has, can race in the 400-meter race, which is by far not his best event. As he was leaving the hotel to go to the 
dressing room to prepare for the race, a man hands him a note, a folded note. And Eric just looks at it, puts it in his pocket, and says, thank you. And as he gets to the dressing room, he's putting on his track uniform. And uh, this track uniform actually looks like a pair of white boxer shorts, but I would not do that. <laughs> I couldn't go that far. <laughs> but uh, he's putting on his uniform, and he has this note. And this is what it says. The note says, it says in the old book, him that honors me, I will honor. Eric gets to the race. He goes around and shakes hands with all his competitors. This is something he did that's not normally done and wished them all good luck. He was just a humble, good guy. God was the center of his heart. He was a loving guy. Well, he's got the outside lane. And if you know about a track, track the inside lane, you don't run as, as a shorter distance than the outside lane. So they stagger the start. So Eric's on the outside lane, so he can't really pace what's going on because he can't even see anybody behind him. And he just starts out running, and he says, I'm just going to run as fast as I can. And he starts out and he ran as fast as he could. Well, halfway, he's still ahead. But everybody expecting him to give out. They expect him to falter and other people pass him. But you know what? He started gaining on the field. And he, he kept running faster and faster. And at the end of the race, he throws his head back and his arms are flying. And he wins the race by about five meters. He set a world record for the 400-meter dash, a run. The newspapers were ask, asking him, how in the world did you do this? What, what happened? And Eric told them, well, the first half of the race, I just ran as fast as I could. And the second half of the face, God made me run faster. You know, a few days later, Eric graduated from college, and then he made a shocking statement. I'm ending my racing career. I'm going to China. I'm going to become a missionary. Eric was in line to make lots of money. He would have been a powerful, popular figure all over Scotland, all over England. He would have been a hero. But he said, that's what I want to do. And he went to college some more and got to study theology. And he became an ordained minister. And he returned to Tristan, China. He fell in love with a young lady there. This was a school for a lot of the wealthy Chinese. And he was there to teach mathematics and science and put on athletic events as well as read the word of God. The young lady fell in love with had to go to finish her school in, in Canada and he had to wait about three years to marry her but she came back and they married. They had some children. 
And time goes on, and World War II comes about. The conditions in China were not good. He was separated from his family and his wife a lot during this time. And eventually the Japanese take over the school where he is. His wife and children aren't there, and he's there by himself with a lot of other people. A lot of children who were separated from their parents. A lot of husbands and wives who were separated. Eric was, when the Chinese, the Japanese took over, he wasn't allowed to preach, but he could still communicate with people, and he started writing. And he, he just shared the love of God, and he shared Jesus. He died in a Japanese prison camp three weeks before the end of World War II. He never saw his wife and family after he waved goodbye to them on the ship as they were leaving Japan to come back, go back to Scotland or Canada, I forget which one. Eric lived the way God asked us to live. He did what was right. He loved people, and he certainly walked humbly with God. You know what he did? He, he shared the truth. Jesus said, I'm the truth and the life. I'm the way. Eric shared the truth. He shared Jesus. I made a dumb statement in our Sunday school class the other day. We were talking about our country, how divisive we were on so many things, and I made this statement. I said, well, really, you know, the only thing we can do is vote. How could I have said that? What can we do? We can share Jesus. We can share the truth with people in our family, our friends, even people we don't know. We can share the good news of Jesus. You know, our, our country, a lot of people don't know what to do. They don't know what the truth is. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, that's what we can do. As Christians, we can share the good news of Jesus Christ. We can share the truth. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this time to be in your house. Thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Help us, Lord, to share the word, the good news of you to everybody we know, our family, our friends, even people that don't like us, people that are strangers. Just help us to share the good news and the truth and the way. In Christ's holy name I pray. Amen.